Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. PC News Radio. I'm Matt Mattinson. The White House expects the COVID-19 relief bill will end up on President Biden's desk this week. It is going to cut child poverty in half, in part by making a historic investment in the child tax credit. On CNN's State of the Union, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield says the bill will get money into the wallets of 85% of American households. She noted that a good majority of American public supports the legislation. At least 17 people are dead following several big explosions in Equatorial Guinea. The nation's health ministry says hundreds more were injured in the blast Sunday afternoon at a military camp in Bada, destroying dozens of buildings. The Washington Post reports the country's president called the explosions an accident and claimed negligence of those responsible for watching stockpiles of dynamite and munitions played a role. Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning about the possibility of a fourth COVID-19 wave. Although the cases are coming down very nicely, over the past week and a half or so, we've seen that that decline has now done this, essentially starting to plateau. On CBS's Face the Nation, President Biden's chief medical advisor on the pandemic urged Americans to be as careful as possible as the country starts to reopen. He noted that a New York variant is alarming because it is resistant to some effective treatments and it is spreading. Demonstrators are holding a silent march for justice for George Floyd in Minneapolis. It comes one day ahead of the scheduled start of jury selection in Derek Chauvin's trial. The former police officer is accused of killing Floyd after kneeling on his neck for several minutes last May. Hickman's Family Farms is revealing what caused the fire that killed about 165,000 egg-laying hens west of Phoenix. Charmin Hickman told CNN two 10-lane barns in Arlington were destroyed after a piece of equipment malfunctioned and caught fire Saturday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. If you're planning to cut plywood, here are a few points to keep in mind. Cutting plywood usually creates a splintered edge on one side of the sheet. That's no big deal if your project requires only one side of the sheet to be splinter-free. Which side the splinters will be on depends on the type of saw you're using to make the cut. Generally speaking, radial arm saws and table saws produce splinters on the top side of the sheet, while saber saws and circular saws splinter the wood on the bottom. If your choice of tools is a muscle-powered handsaw, expect splinters on the top. But What if you need both sides of the sheet to be free of splinters? Your best bet is to use the sharpest, stiffest knife you can find to make deep scores on both sides of the wood along the lines of the intended cuts. As always, with power tools, make sure you don protective glasses and gloves before you start your cuts. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. 
This segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, now in Yucaipa at 33562 Yucaipa Boulevard in the Vaughn Shopping Center. Dickie's Barbecue, where you can get sauced with five delicious barbecue sauces. For the holidays, there's the Dickies Holiday Feast Options. Everything you need for a festive gathering with delicious hassle-free meals that you just heat and serve. Whatever your needs are, they have the perfect option, including the complete feast, the dinner feast, or the single holiday meats and sides. Available for pickup and delivery from Dickies. And there's no charge for kids on Sundays. In fact, the kids get free ice cream. Dickies Barbecue, now open in Yucaipa at 33562 Yucaipa Boulevard in the Vaughn Shopping Center. Center. Dickie's Barbecue, whatever your needs are. BST Realty reminds all area listeners to please get out and donate blood to salute the brave men and women of our armed forces that are overseas. Every pint of blood donated locally can save one or two brave soldiers overseas. So salute our troops, give back the gift of life by giving the gift of blood. That's BST Realty, serving the area with pride and integrity. Whether you're buying, selling, leasing, or renting, or for more info, call them today at 951-834-5692. That's 834-5692. That's BST Realty on the air because they care. Proudly serving the community and supporting our troops. San Manuel Casino is hiring and you're invited to a virtual career expo. Explore career options, interview and apply for positions in facilities, retail and more. Career Expo SanManuel.com For several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-Day Cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. That number again, 800-982-3197. KCAA. The following program is produced by the AM First Radio Network and distributed by Global American Broadcasting, the GAB Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in for this edition of Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Ali and the Justice Watch crew. I am Attorney Zulu Ali with the Justice Watch crew, Rosa Nunez, Michael Bilal Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Andrea Rodeman. This week, like every week, we'll be discussing critical legal and social justice issues. Since we had so many viewers and questions from our audience last week, we will continue with our segment on the legacy of, of Malcolm X. We have back with us our esteemed guest, Dr. Miri Yassin El-Hadid. As I said before, he was my professor, my mentor, and the premier scholar on Malcolm X. 
And Dr. El-Hadid is the founder and first chairperson of the Africana Studies Department at Tennessee State University. Dr. El-Hadid is also the founder and CEO of the Great Debate Honor Society Incorporated and Great Debate Academy Incorporated. Dr. El-Hadid earned his PhD in sociology from the University of California, Santa Barbara, and his BA in psychology and sociology from Alabama State University. He co-authored uh, Between Cross and Crescent, Christian and Muslim Perspectives on Malcolm and Martin uh, with Dr. Louis V. Baldwin. Dr. El-Hadid served as president and member of the editorial board of the Association of Social and Behavioral Scientists Incorporated, and he is a member of the National Council for Black Studies Incorporated and the Association for the Study of Classical African Civilizations Incorporated. Uh, Dr. El-Hadid is the principal organizer of the annual Africana Muslim Conferences during uh, African American History Month in Nashville, Tennessee. So I wanted to uh, thank you again for joining us, Dr. El-Hadid. Is he on? Can you hear me, Doc? Okay. All right, I think we got them. We got them back, uh, back online. Can you hear me, Doc? Yes, sir. All right. Did, would, were you able to hear the introduction? I did. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again for for joining us. We appreciate you uh, you coming back. We had so many listeners last um, last week, and they had so many questions. So I do appreciate you coming back. And I know that we were going to focus on, on the Q&A that we had from last week. However, I wanted to know if you wanted to do a, a intro to cap off last week's discussion and then just kind of segue into the Q&A. Inshallah. Inshallah. Okay. Uh, you want me to start? Yeah, if you could. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> what I want to do um, is a brief summary of the main talking points that I had uh, last time. And I think it's very important for the members of the UN listening audience to realize that uh, most of the scholarship and the documentaries on Malcolm X or Al-Hajj Malik al-Shabazz tend to focus on his statements uh, from a perspective of black nationalism or pan-Africanism, and some people even suggest that he was trending toward uh, socialism. But I take exception to... Uh, that body of analysis, my position is that, for example, if you were talking about Dr. Martin Luther King, no one would try to downplay or dilute the fact that he was a Baptist mm. minister, that he was a Christian. Right. So when it comes to Al-Hajj and Malik al-Shabazz, for whatever reason, the scholars and the activists tend to downplay the fact that he was Muslim. So I think it's important to understand that if you take away Islam, from the study of El-Hajj Malik al-Shabazz and Malcolm X, what you will have left is Detroit Red. Right. And somebody who was, you know, roaming around the streets of Boston and New York. Mm -hmm. It was Islam that gave him, reset his moral compass, the same moral compass that his parents had established for him because they were members of the Garvey movement. Right. So I think it's very important to give him his spirituality and to give him his... Uh, it's a moral compass and the spiritual center. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of uh, some interesting facts here, uh, 
when he left the Nation of Islam in 1964, uh, he then shifted toward mainstream Islam. Now, he had been trending in that direction as early as 1959 when he went to um, Cairo and Jeddah to establish the protocol and itinerary for Alam Elijah Muhammad to make the Umrah, which is, it is a, a lesser Hajj outside of the Hajj season. Uh, however, he did not actually go into Mecca or Medina because he did not want to be the first from the Nation of Islam to uh, have that experience. He wanted to give that to his uh, leading teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm -hmm. uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad took with him his youngest son, Akbar Muhammad, who was studying at Azhar University. He took uh, Jabber, uh, Herbert Muhammad, with him as well. Herbert, uh, Jabber, you might know him because he served as the uh, financial advisor for Muhammad Ali, and he also took a security person. Those are the main people that traveled with him right. on that particular trip. Mm. Now, at the same time that he's in Cairo, he's experiencing, you know, true and, and real Islam, as opposed to Islam that was sort of um, influenced or sort of injected with uh, black nationalism, such as the Nation of Islam. So, in that sense, he was starting to move, you know, in that direction. So, I want to read a, a passage here. A mosque whose foundation was laid from the first day on piety is more worthy of your standing forth for prayer therein. In it are men who love to be purified, and Allah loves those who make themselves pure. Now, I also would like to share with the audience a very interesting uh, statistic. Uh, on March 12, 1964, Malcolm X declared his independence from the Nation of Islam and announced the creation of the Muslim Mosque Incorporated at a press conference at the Park Sheraton Hotel in New York. Uh, roughly 14 days later, two weeks later, March 26, 1964, he meets Martin Luther King Jr. face-to-face -face for the first time. The meeting was brief. They only exchanged greetings and posed for a picture. And then on the 8th of uh, April, 1964, Malcolm actually officially took the Shahada and converted to Sunni Islam at the Islamic Foundation of New York uh, in Canada. And the witnesses were... Dr. Mahmoud uh, Shawabi and uh, Haji Hasham Jabba. Um, and going forward with our discussion, I want to look at the two lines of development between Dr. Martin Luther King and El Haj Malik. Often we see them as polar opposites, with Haj Malik being the antagonist and then Dr. King being the protagonist one representing uh, integrationism and the other one representing separatism. Uh, and, of course, both having, you know, different religions, Islam for Hajj Malik and Christianity for Dr. King. Now, it's important for us to realize that when, whether you're talking about Christianity or whether you're talking about Islam, both of those religions tie back into uh, Abraham. They are two of the three Abrahamic religions. The oldest Abrahamic religion is Judaism. The second oldest is um, uh, Christianity, and the third is um, uh, Islam. So in both of these religions, the idea is uh, a, a belief in monotheism or in one God, because I think that's very important, because once you understand how, as we explain in Islam, the, the principle of Tawheed, how that operates, 
when you think about monotheism, one God, you think about one creation, one universe, and one human family, then it makes it possible for human beings under those that Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Supreme idea to transcend differences of tribe, class, race, gender, nationality, languages, and colors. But now if you have uh, another system of at least a, a type of polytheism, then that opens it up for, you know, clan gods, idolatry. It opens it up for tribal gods. And so what happened here is when Abraham moved forward, he was in Babylon, and there were people who were practicing idolatry, and he rejected that and and moved toward, you know, oneness of God. And I think this was enshrined in the very first commandment, thou shall have no other God before me. And then the second commandment says you should not make any idols, and the third says if you make these idols, you should not bow down to them. This is literally in the Ten Commandments. Well, that's consistent with what Islam says. In order to come into the fold of Islam, you have to say, I bear witness that there is no God uh, but Allah, and Muhammad is his last and final messenger. That's no different than saying, that I should have no other God before me. That's in Hebrew, and then in Arabic you say that, uh, that there's no God except Allah, and Muhammad is his last and final messenger. So they start to connect, you know, in, in that sense. And then when we're talking about relating that to the experience of Dr. King and al Haji Malik al-Shabal, they, at first they were traveling along parallel lines. But once you got to uh, 19, after the March on Washington in 1964, their lines of development from the experiences and the activities trying to change the American society and American culture, they start converging. First of all, they converge on the principle of, of human rights. Secondly, they converge on the principle of looking for an international solution to the problem. Thirdly, they converge on being anti-imperialism. Dr. King came out against the war in Vietnam. Haji Malik was already against that because, as I pointed out earlier, the Nation of Islam was a, a, a movement that was based on being uh, the members being conscientious objectives. So they were against serving in the military. They were also against the draft. Right. In addition to that, they were people who did not vote. So Hajjali left. That's why I segue out there, and we'll open up the next. Okay. All right. So please do not touch that dial. We'll continue on the other side of the break with Justice Watch and Dr. Amir Yassine El Hadid. Hey, man. 
Do you have a great idea for a radio show but have no idea where to start? Or have you been hosting a podcast for a while and want to take it to the next level? If so, you need the Gab Radio Network. To host a show on the Gab Radio Network, all you need is your voice, and we'll handle the rest. From technical engineering to full-service audio production and much more. Every show on the Gab Radio Network can be heard on our station on the TuneIn Radio app. Plus, we put all of our shows on our satellite, which is accessed by over 5,500 stations. And here's the best part. You can host from anywhere you want. There are many means to connect to the Gab Radio Network remotely, and our staff of highly trained engineers and producers will make you sound like you're right here in studio. So, if you want to be on the Gab Radio Network, the same network that hosts the Small Business Advocate, Radio MD, and The Federalist, send an email right now to sales at gabradionetwork.com. That's sales at gabradionetwork.com. Nubian Pictures presents a CCM Films production documentary entitled Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. This emotional and strong documentary tells the story of African-American lawyer Zulu Ali seeking justice and his purpose as a lawyer while crossing paths with Araceli, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico who is seeking her freedom. Together, they help discover their purpose and freedom in each other. Watch this incredible film today from iTunes Movies, YouTube Movies, Amazon Prime, and Google Play Movies. Learn about the cast and crew, links to purchase, and more at PurposeAndFreedomMovie.com. Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. Available now. Rated G. I did not feel safe. That's why I decided to come to California, because I didn't feel safe in Mexico. It's kind of like the system, and if you go outside the system, then it becomes a struggle. Are you an immigrant seeking defense representation and are looking to protect your rights? Or maybe someone who is experiencing an injustice or discrimination and need a lawyer you can trust? Well, that's exactly why you need the help of award-winning trial lawyer Zulu Ali. The law offices of Zulu Ali provides immigration defense representation for those seeking justice and looking to protect their rights. If you or a loved one needs professional legal advice and representation, then contact Zulu Ali. Zulu Ali's firm focuses on criminal law, family law, civil and personal injury, and international law. Zulu Ali is a former police officer and U.S. Marine, so you know you're in good hands. Serving all of California and immigration cases nationwide, representing victims and suspects, at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Call Zulu Ali today at 888-682-3049 or visit ZuluAliLaw.com. Welcome back, back to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali and the Justice Watch crew and our very special guest, Dr. Mir Yassin El-Hadid, uh, who we're speaking Talking on the uh, legacy of uh, of Malcolm X. So, uh, Dr. El-Hadid, please, you can begin, uh, start where we left off. Yes, sir. If there are any questions, uh, if anybody was uh, listening uh, last Sunday, or if we can start some questions now, because I want to give you all a chance to ask any question they might have about Elijah Malik Elshabazz. Okay. Rosa, do you have? Yeah, so I wanted to ask, we actually have a lot of viewers tuning in and um, asking questions. Your phone, your thing is off. 
we have a lot of sorry about that we have a lot of viewers tuning in and asking a lot of questions and giving such good commentary and one of the questions that came up was asking which movement uh, you consider to have the greatest impact on today's reality as it pertains to black nationalism or pan-africanism well i think the movement that obviously has the greatest impact today is the black lives matter movement uh, well, they know it or not, I understand that the Black Lives Matter movement was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And wow. I think right so, because I can remember, uh, say, four years ago when they were talking about Black Lives Matter, you know, people started tri trivializing and, and saying, well, you know, all lives matter. You know, politicians were doing that and other people were doing that. But now it's very clear, you know, especially after the uh, assassination of George Floyd, and I understand that the trial will be coming up soon and they're putting the grand jury together. So I think that the Black Lives Matter movement is, has probably the, the most uh, significant. It's significant in a number of ways. I see it uh, as quite similar to the Black Power movement in the 1960s. But the difference is the movement is not led by a single charismatic leader. There's collective leadership. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that because... You know, it's too easy uh, to uh, disrupt a movement when you have a charismatic leader. That person can be taken out like Haji Malik and Dr. King were, or they could be discredited or whatever the case might be. So it's better to have a collective mind than a single charismatic leader. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I also wanted to ask, um, there was... Uh, Questions, uh, you know, to compare that wanted to ask, like how you compare Malcolm's approach to the racial problem with that of Martin Luther King Jr.'s approach, and also to discuss um, the influence of Elijah Muhammad upon Malcolm and why did the Nation of Islam itself appeal to Malcolm? Okay. Uh, the first question is um, compare and contrast Dr. King and Alice Boss. I think they had the same strategy, which was. Uh, complete freedom and justice and equality for African Americans, that they, but they differed in terms of their tactics. Mm -hmm. Dr. King used the methodology of Gandhi he, in terms of how his approach. He said uh, Jesus Christ provided the spirit and Gandhi the method. El Shabazz, on the other hand, used a uh, the tactics of self determination, economic self reliance, and if needs be, self defense. Mm -hmm. but they would, did not differ in terms of their aspirations for freedom, justice, and equality. They were on the same page with that, but they just differ from a tactical standpoint. And I believe that uh, uh, Malcolm X, when he was inside the nation of Islam for 12 years, he overplayed his hand by excessively attacking Dr. King mm -hmm. uh, in terms of his tactics, you know. And I think uh, when he left the nation of Islam, and became more of a humanitarian by embracing Sunni Islam, then he started to understand more clearly where Dr. King was coming. Not that he was becoming an integrationist, because he always believed in economic self-determination, which you have to realize the movement uh, on that side was more about uh, a revolution inside of the African-American community. He was, they were trying to change our belief system, the way we were thinking, and making us empower us by becoming more economic self-determining. Dr. King, on the other hand, was trying to combat the unjust laws in the South, 
of the laws of Jim Crow and the laws of, you know, segregation. And he was using the federal government as an ally, especially post uh, Brown v. Board of Education 1954, which struck down Plessy v. Ferguson, you know, separate but equal. And so what he was doing, he was breaking the unjust laws through a tactic of nonviolence in Birmingham and in Montgomery and in Memphis and places like that. And then when he broke those unjust state laws, then when the case got to the federal venue, then he could get some relief because the federal government was diametrically opposed to the, to the violation of the civil rights of uh, American citizens. Now, in terms of the Nation of Islam, now, I know a lot of times when you listen to Malcolm's speeches inside of the Nation of Islam, he was always saying the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us, or he might say that Honorable Elijah Muhammad found me in the muck and mire, and had it not been for him, you know, he would not have been the man that he was. Now, I think that was a little exaggerated, because, in other words, when you look at El Haj and Malik El-Sabaz's family, they were members of the Gavi movement. Malcolm's father mm-hmm. was to Marcus Garvey what Malcolm was to Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Marcus Garvey mobilized six million people of African descent all over the world. Elijah Muhammad did not do that. After his father was assassinated when he was six years old and his mother was committed to an insane asylum, then he just lost his way. You know, he just started going into the street at age 14. And when he got into Boston, he just got caught up in, you know, uh, in jazz and nightclubs. And he just he was a wayward youth. He just lost his way. But when he uh, when he went in prison and had a chance to think about what his parents had instilled in him. And he was also getting the teachings when he went to Boston with his sister, Ella, who was, mm-hmm. was also a member of that movement. So I think it was the Gavi movement that really shaped and molded him and the Nation of Islam provided a way by which he could continue the work of his father. Because in other words, there were only two real choices as far as he was concerned, either the NAACP or the Nation of Islam. The Nation of Islam was more consistent with his Gaviite background, okay? And then Gavi movement was a political movement. It was not a religious movement. It was a political and a cultural movement. Elijah Muhammad's movement was more religious and cultural. So that provided him with that spiritual uh, situation so he could work through his, uh, you know, his issues in terms of being out the street. But I, I think you, you got to give his parents mm-hmm. most of the, at least 75% of the credit for what he became, not mm-hmm. Elijah Muhammad. That's my position. Oh. And in other words, I think that they made each other. Elijah Muhammad needed Malcolm and Malcolm needed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad was a wise sage. Malcolm was a uh, an organizer. Uh, Malcolm was a scholar. Elijah Muhammad was a builder. So they needed each other. So when Malcolm went to the Nation of Islam in 1952, they hardly had, you know, 600 people. Mm-hmm. But then for those 12 years we had, they went from that number probably about 500,000. Wow. He was the one that created that exponential growth inside of the Nation of Islam. You know? Wow. Wow. So I, I think you... you you don't want, I mean, you know, it was a party line. It was the, the, everybody said, all the ministers said that and so forth. It was just a way of attracting people to Elijah Muhammad so he could be the Moses to lead our people out of Egypt. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was just a part of the rhetoric. But the essence was, Elijah, as a matter of fact, Malcolm X was the one that started the Muhammad 
week's newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, after he became more popular, mm-hmm. then they stopped uh, putting him in articles about him in the paper. Wow. You know, in other words, Malcolm had outgrown the nation of Islam. He eclipsed the nation of Islam. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we got another. You still got one from, because I know we're getting closer to break. Yeah, so. we are getting close. We do have more questions coming up. I'm not sure if we want to wait, maybe perhaps after the, the, the commercial. But yeah, we, we have a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll hit, I mean, we'll hit that question on when we get back on the other side of break. But yeah, I think that's, that's really interesting when you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You, you know, clearly, like, for example, uh, Dr. El-Hadid, when you remember seeing the, uh, the movie that Spike Lee did, uh, with regards to, um, you know, the Malcolm X movie. I know that when that movie came out that we, we at that time had a discussion and I know that, you know, you, you were, you wanted to see more of the post, uh, Detroit red Malcolm in that movie. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk to you cause I think people get their, their, per, their perception of Malcolm from that movie but at any rate we'll we'll continue with that discussion with Dr. El Hadid please do not touch that dial we'll be right back on the other side of the break there's a new nationally syndicated radio program that's sweeping the nation and you don't want to miss it Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali the voice of justice for the people The focus of Justice Watch is to provide an honest analysis and viable solutions to the criminal and social justice crisis in America and the world from a black, brown, working class, and socially disadvantaged perspective, and to motivate listeners to be informed and part of the solution. Zulu Ali is joined by the Justice Crew, consisting of Rosa Nunez, Michael Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Charito Ali to tackle the most pressing issues. Host attorney Zulu Ali is a former police officer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and an award-winning trial lawyer who focuses on representing persons accused of crimes, immigrants, victims of discrimination, and persons seeking civil justice. Find out how to listen to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali at justicewatchradio.com. Nubian Pictures presents a CCM Films production documentary entitled Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. This emotional and strong documentary tells the story of African-American lawyer Zulu Ali seeking justice and his purpose as a lawyer while crossing paths with Araceli, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico who is seeking her freedom. Together, they help discover their purpose and freedom in each other. Watch this incredible film today from iTunes Movies, YouTube Movies, Amazon Prime, and Google Play Movies. Learn about the cast and crew, links to purchase, and more at PurposeAndFreedomMovie.com. Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. Available now. Rated G. I did not feel safe. That's why I decided to come to California, because I didn't feel safe in Mexico. It's kind of like the system, and if you go outside the system, then it becomes a struggle. 
Are you an immigrant seeking defense representation and are looking to protect your rights? Or maybe someone who is experiencing an injustice or discrimination and need a lawyer you can trust? Well, that's exactly why you need the help of award-winning trial lawyer Zulu Ali. The law offices of Zulu Ali provides immigration defense representation for those seeking justice and looking to protect their rights. If you or a loved one needs professional legal advice and representation, then contact Zulu Ali. Zulu Ali's firm focuses on criminal law, family law, civil and personal injury, and international law. Zulu Ali is a former police officer and U.S. Marine, so you know you're in good hands. Serving all of California and immigration cases nationwide, representing victims and suspects, at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Call Zulu Ali today at 888-682-3049 or visit ZuluAliLaw.com. Welcome back to Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Ali and the Justice Watch crew. Where we're continuing with our discussion on the legacy of Malcolm X with our esteemed guest, uh, Dr. Uh, El-Hadid. Um... And, and I guess one quick question, because I don't want to spend let the question be longer than the answer. But at any rate, when, when we talk about the movie um, on Malcolm, do you think that's sometimes where people get their perception about Malcolm? And, you know, and, and, and is it somewhat of a misperception as far as the way that the movie went down? Well, a lot of people get their uh, information from movies and certainly... Uh, the movie Malcolm X is no exception to that. But in my viewing of the movie, I think it was a, a something that was uh, very beneficial. Uh, it was, uh, you know, accurate. Uh, the family, uh, Dr. Betty Shabazz, and the family was pleased with it. They were involved in um, putting things together. Right. And I like the fact that some, some of the Pan-Africanists say he didn't spend enough time talking about his travels in Africa that it became a redemption, a redemption movie, a redemption story. Here again, you know, saying, well, you know, you should die and play Islam. Mm. Because people don't realize uh, you made the Hajj like I made the Hajj. Making the Hajj is, is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's a transformative experience. It's intended to be that way. It is a rite of passage. And it's also an international conference. Right. Because when you go to Hajj, everybody's dressed the same way. It's a classless ritual that you're going through. And uh, you meet all types of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've met people from the highest level of society to the lowest level of society. Right. I met, you know, high officials in Pakistan, high officials in Saudi. So Malcolm was able to make a lot of significant contacts uh, while he was there uh, on the Hajj. Hodge is, not, is more than just going through the rituals. You're also making, you know, networking and working your net after you leave the Hodge, you know. Right. And the people that you meet at the Hodge, sometimes you become friends with them for life. Mm. I remember you were sharing with me, you met a brother um, from Senegal. Right. And then later on, you went to Senegal to visit that brother. Uh, yeah. I met a brother from Libya. And later on, I went to Libya to visit that brother. You right. know what I mean? And right. some other people. Yeah. You know, I met, I met uh, like, jazz musicians from New York, like... Uh, you know, when I was there, uh, and, and you know, so it, it's a it's a beautiful experience, and it's a microcosm of the entire you know Muslim Omar. Right. So it was it was more than just fulfilling a religious ritual, which is the most important part, but there's also a political dimension to it as well, and an educational dimension. Oh wow! Yeah. So. Um 
Okay, I'm sorry. We were having a, uh, some trouble connecting and, and our uh, our internet connection. Um, okay. Okay. So in the meantime, I guess you want to you want to you had a question you want to ask me real quick, Bilal? Yeah, I wanted to ask in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement mm -mm. and um, and it's. Uh, I guess you can say, as far as like what's been going on right now with George Floyd and everything like that, in terms of fighting for the human rights aspect of it, how do you think that actually runs in accord with the teachings of Malcolm and how he would have viewed that? I mean, is this what he actually fought for, is what the Black Lives Matter movement is doing now? Well, yeah, you know, police brutality and police assassination of, of human beings was a very serious part of his, his agenda. Mm. Now, that, that's bookending, okay, 1957. You remember there was an incident of police brutality. Hinton Johnson was beaten, and it's shown in the movie, you know, when they went to uh, the police headquarters mm -hmm. and they surrounded the headquarters and released the brother from, you know, from jail so he'd go to the hospital. Well, they sued, and that was the largest suit against the LAP, I mean, New York PD, and the history of the police department. You know, so they use the court as a weapon. Now, then fast forward to 1962 with the killing of Ronald Stokes. You know, that was another. They actually went inside of a mosque mm -hmm. and killed Ronald Stokes and, and, and injured seven other people, you know. Mm -hmm. So police were always on the fringes of, you know, attacking the mosque the same way, you know, they were attacking uh, our people in the streets when they were marching and demonstrating in Birmingham, where they were attacking the mosques and churches the same way. So I think, you know, the behavior of police in America is uh, an issue of human rights violation. Mm -hmm. And the most egregious part of it is when they kill a human being and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are public workers, government uh, employees, just like somebody working for the post office or somebody working you know, for the public library. It's no different. Right. So if somebody from the public library did what a policeman did, they would go to prison. Mm -hmm. But a policeman can do it and don't go to prison. Right. Now, what's up with that? Right. Are they at war with the American people, specifically right. with black people and African Americans? Right. Now, let, let me, uh, brother, did you, did you uh, um, get my uh, uh, poems? I Ramadan did. Meditation? I did, your I did. This twice you called me your honor. Yeah, I, 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 you, you, caught, you caught that, didn't you? You caught that. That's crazy. I am honored. That's <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Think about the courtroom, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure well, check, check this out. Now here's the poem that I wrote in relationship to that. Okay. Okay. It's called the History of Walls. Um. We're all tied together in a single garment of destiny in an inescapable network of mutuality, said Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The Great Wall of China, built to keep the barbarians out. The Great Wall of Zimbabwe, built to protect African civilization. Berlin Wall, built to advance communism in the East and contain democracy in the West. Ich ein Berliner, declared President Kennedy. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall, demanded President Reagan. Up against the wall, Negro, I'll blow your stupid brains out, commanded the racist police. Hands up, don't shoot, pleaded Black Lives Matter. Uh, the disinherited stand with their backs against the wall, contemplated Dr. Howard Thurman. The absurd existential wall renders life meaningless, pondered Albert Camus. 
up against the wall, we are coming to get what's ours, proclaim Bobby Seals. When we build walls, are we trying to keep people in or keep them out? Think about it. Build a sane democratic immigration policy and stop the madness. Let America become the land of the free and the home of the brave. Power to the people. Wow. I hope that answers your question, brother. Indeed. Do you have a question? Now, I wrote that while I was fasting during Ramadan. Oh, you did? Wow. Yes, sir. All the poems are in that book are while I was fasting. Wow. That poem was written on which day of fasting was that. That was the 11th day of fasting. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I, like I always write a lot during Ramadan because I can, you know, have that spiritual and cosmic connection. Yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, of our brother, uh, uh, Dr. Khalid Al-Mansour. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, he, yeah. That's where I got it from. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. People talked about it, and I thought about it. I said, well, yeah, that is the best time to write. Because, you know, you get the body out of the way, and then the mind and the soul can operate. Right. That's so true. We're mind, body, and soul, right? Get the body out of the way, then the mind and the soul can operate. Wow. Wow. Do we have another one? Yeah, we definitely do have more questions. And everything that you've explained is definitely something that's truly eye-opening and inspiring to all of our viewers and they're asking you know how possible is it that we will have another Malcolm X perhaps well we'll never have another Malcolm (laughs) but it does not mean we don't want to have uh, outstanding leaders we're going to have those because see the uh, you you asked a very question a good question sister you said ask the question uh, was Malcolm ahead of his time and I thought about that question, and I think mm-hmm. what was happening and relating to that question is that he was on time and in time. Mm-hmm. The people were behind the time. Yeah. Because, in other words, because of his practice, he had a theory. See, Ma- Malcolm was a man of action. He was not an armchair That's philosopher. Right. Right. If he had an idea, he would test that idea in action. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a highly disciplined person all the way down to his diet. Right. You know, in other words, he only ate one meal a day. Right. One meal a day mm-hmm. and, and did not snack between meals. He drank a lot of coffee and drank a lot of water. That's so he was always on a natural <laughs> high. He was moving. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then when he wasn't married, he was celibate. Mm-hmm. He was celibate uh, for 12, you know, he was celibate in, inside of the penitentiary. He married He, he went to the nation Islam in 1952. He married Betty in 1958. So I would estimate that he was celibate for 10 years. Can you imagine a, a, a 20-some-year-old African-American man being celibate for 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. It doesn't square with the culture. You right, know what I mean? right, right. <laughs> wow. A mask and rights of passage, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. I mean, once you reach puberty, it's on and popping, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Right. And he was able to dial all that back. Now, of course, he'd been in the streets as a hustler. He had been a pimp. So he knew what that was all about. It was, you know, buying and selling and hustling. So he wasn't impressed with that. And he obviously he was very attractive, mm-hmm. very magnetic. When he went into the room, he just took over the room. Right. Yes, sir. I mean, women were just swooning over him. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, this is long before Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what, Doc? Was interesting. There was a there was a movie just not too long ago where they had four individuals. And I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was the night. It, it was uh, a yeah, night in Miami. Miami, a night yeah. in Miami. And I don't. Did you ever see that? I did. Yeah, I, I don't I like. Watched. I didn't like the way they portrayed them, but but we can. If we get actually getting ready to go to the break, but please do not you want touch. Me to comment on that if you could when we when we get back. Okay. Inshallah. Inshallah. There's a new nationally syndicated radio program that's sweeping the nation, and you don't want to miss it. Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Ali, the voice of justice for the people. The focus of Justice Watch is to provide an honest analysis and viable solutions to the criminal and social justice crisis in America and the world from a black, brown, working class, and socially disadvantaged perspective, and to motivate listeners to be informed and part of the solution. Zulu Ali is joined by the Justice Crew, consisting of Rosa Nunez, Michael Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Charito Ali to tackle the most pressing issues. Host Attorney Zulu Ali is a former police officer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and an award-winning trial lawyer who focuses on representing persons accused of crimes, immigrants, victims of discrimination, and persons seeking civil justice. Find out how to listen to Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Ali at justicewatchradio.com. Nubian Pictures presents a CCM Films production documentary entitled Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. This emotional and strong documentary tells the story of African-American lawyer Zulu Ali seeking justice and his purpose as a lawyer while crossing paths with Araceli, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico who is seeking her freedom. Together, they help discover their purpose and freedom in each other. Watch this incredible film today from iTunes Movies, YouTube Movies, Amazon Prime, and Google Play Movies. Learn about the cast and crew, links to purchase, and more at PurposeAndFreedomMovie.com. Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. Available now. Rated G. I did not feel safe. That's why I decided to come to California, because I didn't feel safe in Mexico. It's kind of like the system, and if you go outside the system, then it becomes a struggle. Are you an immigrant seeking defense representation and are looking to protect your rights? Or maybe someone who is experiencing an injustice or discrimination and need a lawyer you can trust? Well, that's exactly why you need the help of award-winning trial lawyer Zulu Ali. The law offices of Zulu Ali provides immigration defense representation for those seeking justice and looking to protect their rights. If you or a loved one needs professional legal advice and representation, then contact Zulu Ali. Zulu Ali's firm focuses on criminal law, family law, civil and personal injury, and international law. Zulu Ali is a former police officer and U.S. Marine, so you know you're in good hands. Serving all of California and immigration cases nationwide, representing victims and suspects, 
Index at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Call Zulu Ali today at 888-682-3049 or visit ZuluAliLaw.com. Welcome back to Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Wadley and the Justice Watch crew and our very, very special guest, Dr. Amir Yassin El-Hadid. So, yeah, uh, I'd like to to hear your comments on on what you thought about that that movie. I think think it was a movie. Right. Uh, (laughs) Yes, sir. Maybe in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Now, well said. Well if, if, said. You, if you really, if you really want to go there in terms of that historical period, check out the documentary called "Made in Miami." This is not a movie. This is a documentary about Muhammad Ali and his relationship with Malcolm and that fight with Sonny Liston. Mm-hmm. That's the real deal. Right. It's called "Made in Miami." Okay. Okay, not a night in Miami. Made in Miami. All right. That's more authentic than this Hollywood version. Right. Now, then I would say this, too. Ozzie Davis uh, and the eulogist for Hajj Malik said that Malcolm was our manhood. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a black, shining prince. Mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, Oliver Killerman said that dignity was his country, freedom his land, and manhood his government. That's wow. what they're trying to destroy. You can't take that from Malcolm. Allah gave that to him. Mm-hmm. You understand? He was noble. Right. And every time you see people coming at him sideways, they're trying to take his manhood. You, you can't castrate Malcolm. Right. Yes, He's sir. self-evident. Yes, sir. He's sovereign. Right. He's noble. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's regal. Right. You can't take that from him. Right. And, that, and that's where people always try to, to you know, emasculate him mm-hmm. and make him... Uh, you know, Malcolm is, is one of the gold standards for our manhood. Mm-hmm. And you can't take that away from him. Because it's hard to be the kind of man that Malcolm was. Yes, sir. Yes, it's sir. hard. To, I, mean, he, I mean, it's just like trying to be the kind of man that LeVon James is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the, the, the standard of manhood was... So, now, I'm not taking anything from Jim Brown. I'm not taking anything away from Muhammad Ali or Sam Cooke. They had their versions of manhood. Right. And but from my point of view, of those four, Malcolm was the ultimate man. Yes, right. sir. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I mean, uh, Jim Brown can't compare with Malcolm in That's terms right. of manhood. Right. That's right. Or right. Sam Cooke. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Right. Teach. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's that's what we're gonna have to. We we got to stop letting just like that that work that uh, Manning Marable did, <laughs> a life of reinvention. Right. What was that all about? <laughs> Demasculating Malcolm. Right. Probably want to humanize him. Who was more human than Malcolm? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just tabloid gossip disguised as scholarship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And we got to stop that. Mm-hmm. We got to stop them. A better book is the one by uh, 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 We Are Rising by Les Payne. Uh-huh. Yeah. The right. Dead Are Rising. Yeah. That's, that's a better version because it's written from the point of view of... Uh, from the point of view of Wilfred, his oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Now, when my book comes out, I, you know, I'm not going to put it out as a definitive work. Mine is going to be entitled El Haj Maliki Al Shabazz, uh, Muslim and Pan African Statesman. Right. And I'm going to argue that, uh, you know, the, the same arguments I've been making in the interview, that, that his foundation was in Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. 
and then and then he went through Elijah Muhammad. That was like going to college. Right. But when you go to college, you graduate. He graduated right. into universal Islam. Right. And yeah. other words, that was the college, and and Islam was the university. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So so uh, I, you would have to give his parents seventy five percent of the credit. For, and and his his father was a real man too. When you study his father. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. And his and, and his his, uh, his mother, mm-hmm. uh, and his, and his sister Ella. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he came from a family of strong-willed people, yeah. fearless people. Right. And you can't take that away from them. We need more people like that. Not necessarily to make them into saints mm-hmm. or to canonize them, uh, but certainly if we're looking for role models, you know, uh, he would be one that you should consider. You right. know, at least take some of it. Absolutely. Without question, nobody better. So, sir, he he was one inspired me to take shahada and become uh, a Sunni Muslim. Right. Right. Most of us. So he 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 is he is one of my role models along with my father and some other people. I mean, there's no. Uh, so auto- I have to defend him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. I have to defend him. Oh, that's definitely. right. The autobiography of my, we talked about that before. I mean, the autobiography yeah. of Malcolm X, man. A lot of brothers. That's right. You know, took shahad as a result of, of, of that. Right. Man. So you know. And and it demonstrates how you can go from being the lowest of the low to the highest of the high. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you know, he was a, a drug dealer. He was a pimp. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as what it was portrayed as. He just wanted to make a point. Mm-hmm. But it was low enough the way he, you know, used women, how he sold drugs to our people, things like that. So his life is a, is a, is a, a, a blueprint right. that we all can use if you're out in the street hustling and, 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 you know, lying to our women and taking advantage. Study his life. Right. That's right. You know, and a lot, see, right. a lot of brothers, you know, they admire Malcolm. They think about becoming Muslim, but they don't want to give up the reefer. They don't want to give up the, the promiscuity. They don't want to give up the fornication. That's the only thing that's keeping African-American men, for most of them, from becoming Muslim. Right. Our churches are 95% female. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which shows that the brother's not biting on the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're at home watching, you know, all-star games. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what? They, you know, but they got to come in. Either either they got to come in the mosque or they got to go in the church. They got to come out of the street. Right. Because yeah. right. they're doing too much damage in the street. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's real talk. One of the things yeah. I wanted That'll to ask you. Come into the house of the Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of the things that, I, that, that you know, when we talk about pan-Africanism and, and nationalism, the interesting thing is that, you know, everybody's got their, you know, everybody's coming with their own version of, of pan-Africanism. And, and, and basically, and, and, and sometimes I think they use the term interna- uh, interchangeably, nationalism and pan-Africanism. But I think that what's also interesting is how, when you think about the 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 international aspect of, of Malcolm and the, and the you know the OAAU, and and what I see you know when you think about you know like for example the Bandung Conference where you know you had the African uh, nations and the and the Asian nations trying to figure out ways to you know try to uh, deal with the colonization issue that we that you know, uh, crisis, I guess I should say. So, I mean, when it comes to this whole issue of pan-Africanism, how do you, um, and, and I don't know what the right question is because I don't want to offend anybody, but I think that Malcolm's brand of pan-Africanism is different than often what we hear from some of our, from from other pan-Africanists, even some of our pan-African scholars. 
Do you agree well, with what that? I, I would say this. If we resist the temptation to make Pan-Africanism into an ideology, I think we'd be in pretty good shape. Just think about Pan-Africanism, and when you look, uh, read that letter that he wrote from Ghana, which he called the fountainhead of Pan-Africanism, he saw Pan-Africanism as a framework for unity, which means you could be a Christian, be a uh, Pan-Africanist, you could be a Muslim, a socialist, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to be in terms of your ideology or your theology. Mm-hmm. Because as Marcus Garvey said in the, in the motto to the uh, UNIA, University Negro Improvement Association, one God, one aim, and one destiny. So where we are in 2021, we're talking about the, United, the vision of a United States of Africa. Mm-hmm. There are five regions on the African continent. Mm-hmm. North Africa, South Africa, West Africa, Central Africa, and East Africa. The diaspora, mm-hmm. wherever it might be, in right. Asia, Africa, South America, North America, is the sixth region. Right. So we are a part of the total unification of the African continent. And that's the destiny that Garvey was speaking about. That day will come. Once Africa is totally unified and those 52 countries become states, like the United States, then we'll be as strong as China. Wow. Man, I cannot believe we run out of time, Doc. Man, you you bring it like always, man. You bring it. You always teaching it, brother. I do appreciate it. You you come, you know, coming in and, and lacing us with all that knowledge, and uh, and hopefully we can get you back soon because we just got too many. <laughs> you should see all these folks that are that are chiming in on on you. Um, yeah. But anyway, well, you know, I'm so I'm so impressed with the All Star Game going and Oprah Winfrey interview with Megan Mark. <laughs> oh, wow. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be true believers to show up, you know, yes, with all sir. this going on. Right. All right. See you guys next week. Same time, same place, same channel. Until that time, stay blessed. There's a new nationally syndicated radio program that's sweeping the nation, and you don't want to miss it. Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Ali, the voice of justice for the people. The focus of Justice Watch is to provide an honest analysis and viable solutions to the criminal and social justice crisis in America and the world from a black, brown, working class, and socially disadvantaged perspective, and to motivate listeners to be informed and part of the solution. Zulu Ali is joined by the Justice Crew, consisting of Rosa Nunez, Michael Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Charito Ali to tackle the most pressing issues. Host attorney Zulu Ali is a former police officer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and an award-winning trial lawyer who focuses on representing persons accused of crimes, immigrants, victims of discrimination, and persons seeking civil justice. Find out how to listen to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali at justicewatchradio.com. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. NBC News Radio. I'm Matt Mattinson. Two female military leaders are awaiting Senate approval to move up the chain of command. President Biden nominated the two generals.